available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome back, everyone, to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we are the Podcast of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. You can find us, pac12podcast.com. All of our old episodes, you can find all of that there. If you'd like to email us, we do love to get your emails, and we got a bunch of them today. Pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us, any kind of comments you have. We get a lot of those, too, at Pac12podcast. And thanks to Dave, we got a new Google voicemail line set up. You can text us or leave us a voicemail. The number is 424-532-0678. That's 424-532-0678. 0678. Dave, we got some emails, we got some text messages, lots of stuff to get to today on the show. And I, I do want to lead off with one thing. Um, we call ourselves the Podcast of Champions, right? Yes. Conference of Champions, sort of a play on words. It's kind of fun. Uh, none of the sports we talk about do any Pac-12 teams actually win champions, <laughs> championships. So I do want to give a shout out to the most Pac-12 championship I can recall, which is UCLA winning the beach volleyball national championship last week for number 116 for the Bruins. Nice. I think we should start a new segment on this on this very show where every time there's some nonsense Olympic sport that wins a national championship, <laughs> we should just, you know, mention them. Nonsense Olympic. Like, I play beach volleyball. It's not nonsense Olympic sport. Come on. Right. Man. No, no. But that's the thing. You play beach volleyball. <laughs> like, that's that's proof enough that this is kind of just a vaguely tangential sport to actual reality. It's funny. We okay, so we're gonna our first topic is gonna be about John Wilner's pieces and uh and the and the Pac 12 revenue, but I kind of got into a Twitter argument with somebody who was like, Why is it Larry Scott's fault that that none of the Pac 12 teams are winning basketball or football? They're winning other championships and like, yeah, the non-revenue sports. Um, and it, it's kind of funny when you when you look at it that way. The Pac-12 does great in the the Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports, but the sports that actually make money, the sports that are on television, the sports that people care about, that's where the kind of uh, the drop off has been. But it was funny. There are people on Twitter just kind of after retweeting a lot of Wilner stuff, we're getting all aggro about this. Like, why is it Larry Scott's fault? I'm like. <laughs> He's the guy that's running the show, and it's not really going that well. You're talking about five Power Five conferences. The Pac-12 is fifth, and as we'll probably get into, Dave, Larry Scott has paid the most out of all four, of the other four point <laughs> eight million dollars <laughs> to run a college sports league that is wildly behind the other ones in revenue. Yeah, four point eight million dollars. That is sick. That's it's a disgusting sick. amount of money. The uh, when I heard about the NFL and and Roger Goodell and he was making was it oh, twenty so or like thirty million, forty million or whatever he was it making. Was, yeah, uh, no, it's the NFL. It's the most popular sport we yeah. got. It's like the biggest deal. They're making billions and billions. Like it makes a little bit more sense, but that still seems like four million for like the NFL commissioner seems like that's reasonable. 
Larry Scott's making four million. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a lot for what is. I mean, I, I guess in certain senses it can be an impactful position. I mean, I think where contention is that Larry Scott's making it a negative, impactful position. But, yes. Oh boy, that is so much money. So much money. I mean, I think the highest paid athletic director at one of these schools is Dan Guerrero, and he's making about a million. And then, I mean, 4.8 is up there with the very top tier of Pac-12 football coaches. And, uh, yeah, I don't know about this, Larry. I don't know. I don't know, Larry. It seems a little strange, uh, to be fair. But I, I think John Wilner did it, like all, as always, does a great job. And I've actually been messaging with him. And I'm not sure if we're allowed to say anything, Dave, but... I've had a couple beers today. I'm going to say a little bit, um, which is true. I was out golfing earlier, but John Wilner was going to take our scraps. You know, our our draft team uh-huh. that we drafted the best since 2000 in the Pac-12. You and I went back and forth, did our draft. I won convincingly, but John Wilner was saying, <laughs> John Wilner was saying that he could take what was left over and still make a really good team. So he's actually going to publish that along with our teams. So I think we'll get, we never got a definitive answer from him. Oh God. Kyle Bonagora said like it wasn't uh, obviously Ryan's team was going to win. It's just by how much. So, I mean, that's, that kind of gives you a feel for what we did, but John Wilner is going to have a team too. And we'll see how it compares. Does he know the rules? Like, does he fully understand the rules that he has to pick a player from each side of the ball for each team. Yes. No, he said that okay. to me. I don't know if you saw that. I think he might have direct messaged me, like the my personal one and not our Pac-12 one. But um, he had done that. He's doing more of the uh, the revenue stuff. So I think he was going to publish it on Friday. Today's Thursday. Going to publish it on Friday. I think it's going to be delayed a little bit. But watch for that and then see. Now, Wilder, he might just pick his own team. I don't know. But um, it, it, I'm glad he's getting involved in this, Dave. Yeah, this is important. This is important that this this great idea from our email inbox that we sort of bastardized is now uh, getting some <laughs> some 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 Mercury News press. I like that's great. It. Yeah, I mean, John obviously John does a great job. I mean, he loves that's us, fantastic. which that's the only thing I don't like about John is he thinks we're we're good. So yeah, that's, that's a- obviously the one flaw in the ointment for him. <laughs> fly in the ointment, flaw in the armor, chink in the armor, chink in the armor, fly in. The- Flying the ointment. Have you been drinking too? I haven't been drinking a drop, <laughs> and that's the incredible part of this show. So you... I think you've done this a few beers deep, like <laughs> at least four or five times more often than I have. You should try it. It's kind of fun. I know I should. I don't think people could handle it. Well, let's so let's talk about the revenue stuff. Um, in general, if you haven't seen it, each Pac-12 team made about thirty million dollars. It was a Increase in revenue. The Pac-12 is touting it like, hey, everything's getting better. It's getting better. And in general, Wilner's piece was like, yes, the Pac-12 got better, but it didn't get it better at the same rate that the other conferences did. The Pac-12 is still falling behind uh, these revenue distributions from the other conferences. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the best encapsulation of what he was saying because i think it is like in a vacuum it's good news like oh yeah they've they've increased revenue they haven't been completely sitting on their thumbs um but it's just the competitive imbalance that continues to yawn wider and wider um that that's that's gonna bear some pretty awful tasting fruit at some point whether it's in the next year or the next five years whatever it is but um 
you know, you can't have that competitive imbalance long term. And we'll see, you know, what the next rights deals or if cable collapses or whatever it is and all the old stuff that we've rehashed a bunch. But, uh, yeah, he did the whole breakdown. Recommend, again, subscribe to John's uh, newsletter, the Pac-12 Hotline, through uh, Mercury News, Bay Area News Group. Um, And he's got all the details, basically, just how much the percentage increase was for all the other leagues um, compared to the Pac-12 and every other league was more like a a greater percentage over an already starting dollar amount that was bigger, which I don't know if any of you are math majors, but that's not great. No. Um, And I think, you know, it'll be interesting for me, Dave. I, you see that it's not going to get fixed within the next five, six years, right? Because the, the, you know, the rights deal, the revenue is not going to change. How often do you see a Pac-12 team, maybe losing an athletic director, losing a defensive coordinator. We've seen those things, you know, once or twice a year. That's where it's going to be where if it's just complete, you know, just pilfering everyone that's good in the Pac-12 because you can get paid better somewhere else. And, uh, you know, when a, when a Rutgers or an Iowa State is making more than, you know, Washington and UCLA and USC or whatever – um, that's, I mean, that just changes the competitive landscape, but I, I don't think we've seen it fully yet, but I think over the next couple of years, we might see some, some more and more examples where it will become a lot more apparent why that disparity in revenue is important. Yeah. And it's going to make it, I mean, just from a hiring perspective with hiring football staffs, hiring basketball staffs, it's going to, I don't think it like completely, I, I don't think it necessarily means the PAC 12 is going to be an inferior product on the field or court. But it does drastically uh, decrease the margin for error when you hire, you know, at one of these bigger schools. I mean, you know, SEC schools, they can throw, you know, eight or nine million dollars at their total football staff, not including the head coach. And that's fine. Uh, Pac-12 can't do that. And so it becomes necessary to really nail every single hire from the linebackers coach on up to the head coach. Um, And the same goes for basketball. So, um I, you know, if, if suddenly the Pac-12 gets really good at hiring coaches and identifying talent and that whole thing, then, yeah, you could do the whole money ball, money ball writ large as a league. But um, I don't I don't know if uh, if the leadership is necessarily in place for that at really any of these schools. Well, great stuff. Like Dave said, check out John Wilner's uh, newsletter. It's amazing. I love getting it. You get it like three or four times a week. Um, obviously his columns on the Pac-12 are great. He's yeah, always it gives a... us like a 20-minute segment at the beginning of every single yeah. one of our shows too. It's great. It's uh, he's I... off. This is a this is an incredibly long off season. Just so everyone knows out there, usually we're in the middle of our three-month break right now. <laughs> but we're... no, it's it's May 10th or whatever, and we're recording a podcast. We've been recording great. once a week, every week, and it's been uh, I've been impressed with our ability to do this. We've had some kind of crashes and burns where we were going to do it. We didn't do it or whatever. Maybe a day I come in a little bit late cause I'm golfing or drinking a few beers, but we're here and we're doing it every yeah. week through the and whole. We have reached, we have reached everyone. The self-congratulation point of the show where we congratulate <laughs> ourselves for simply doing the bare minimum <laughs> to publish this podcast. That is true. It's, it's not easy. It's not, you know, it's not it's, easy. It's a it, it is easy, but it's not, uh, it's, it's not nothing. It's not literally nothing. You, it requires something beyond inertia to to do this podcast. <laughs> beyond inertia, we could call. It, we should have a podcast. We called should. Beyond we inertia. should have. Um, 
like a, an off-topic podcast that's just called Beyond Inertia. Right. Just the bare minimum of get the thing rolling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, okay. So we are doing these shows in the off-season. You guys are like writing in, you're tweeting us, you're texting us about really crappy stuff in the off season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what could we possibly talk about? But we're going to, we got a lot. We're going to do it all. We had a really long text. Uh, I think it was Choney or Shoney. Yeah. Do you want me to read this one? You got it. You want me to do it? You do it. Okay. Hi guys. Thanks for asking my questions a couple weeks ago. I can't bring myself to call you names. So that was, if you didn't get that, that's because Dave needs to be called names. So he'll respond to things. So just thanks for all the hard work, by the way, it's C H plus O plus, uh, knee. Ha ha. Always. So Choney, uh, I had a couple of questions that maybe you can answer off the top of your heads, or you can say for next week after consulting your colleagues across the pack 12, that's probably not going to happen, uh, Choney, but we'll we'll see what we can do. <laughs> now, well, I'm just saying, like, it's a lot to, like, get, you know, wrangle people in and get their opinions. Now that I'm out of grad school, I'd love to uh, to go to each school for a road game, just like you helped the Husky fan a couple weeks ago about how to maximize a game at the Rose Bowl. Can you talk about what a road game is like at each school, how to maximize the experience and possibly rank them? Please speak to the Atmosphere fans. And things to do in that area. And then two. We, we did this one. We did. And it was quite possibly the worst show we have ever done. <laughs> like, I really? found myself almost falling asleep during it. I think the only <laughs> way to do this is to actually get, like, a one-minute, like, blurb from the actual publisher. We probably Because it do. was literally just us recounting, oh, yeah, there was that one bar. I can't remember its name at ASU. I got drunk there. And that was it. That was the entirety of our dumb, dumb show. So maybe we can do that where we reach out to this, to the other publishers. That would be good. Yeah. How many have you been to? How many venues in the PAC 12? I've been to all, but, uh, Colorado. Oh, that's a, such a good one. And weirdly, I have not been to UCLA. I'm trying to remember. No, I've (laughs) I've definitely been there. Been there in a lot of states of being, um, I don't think I've been to Oregon, actually. I don't oh, think I've been to Autzen. That's very yeah, good. Yeah, I haven't been to Autzen. I, the, the reason I'm like stumbling over is because I've been in Autzen, and I've been to basketball games there, but I don't think I've actually seen a football game at Autzen. That crazy floor. Yeah, the only one I haven't gone to is uh, Utah, which I'm really bummed about because I, I want to go there. But Colorado's awesome. Um, I mean, there's so many good – like, off the top of your head, I love – if you go to ASU – uh, you know, Mill Ave is amazing. Like that's just like just a party place. It's like if you go to Texas, you go to Sixth Street. It's kind of, you know, it, there's some really cool bars. I love the Coog up in Pullman, but that you know, obviously that's in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't remember like specific places I went for like Oregon, Oregon State. You know, Seattle's great, obviously. Any Bay Area stuff. There's some cool stuff around Cal. Like uh, they have some cool bars around there. You could take the Bart. Like if you're in the city. You can take the Bard over, which is good. Um, There's the Nino at USC. Yeah, the That's Nino. Uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> Traditions is cool, like on campus. Um, but you just got to go. To, you have to go to tailgates if you're at USC. Uh, that's you don't want to like really go to a bar or anything. No. Um, and obviously you're at the Rose Bowl, just tailgating on the uh, the golf course, which is great. 
But we it'd be good to get like specifically, you know, each. Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. I think that'll be first. That'll take up like fifteen minutes of one of these shows, and God knows we need to fill it. Um, Dude, so... we we go like two hours without talking hey, about anything. Like, look, it... I like to pretend those those that those shows don't happen. They do. Like literally, we're like we're not sure what we're going to talk about today. Two hours later, like the show. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite like? Bar like I would say like the I love the Coog for whatever reason I don't know why but do you have a favorite like bar that you go to on the road or anything? Mm, no, not really. Okay, uh, like the Mill Ave stuff. I think the, what's the one? Is there the library on Mill Ave? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I remember going to the library. Um, and the fact that I remember it probably means that it's not a great bar. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really remember the names of bars or have much appreciation for any individual one. They're well, more man. of a vehicle. More vehicle. <laughs> yeah, they to carry you somewhere. Nice. I like that. Um, what's the big UCLA bar now? Because what, what was that? Was it Maloney's or Maroney's or something? Or? So Maloney's wasn't like Maloney's turned into O'Hara's, which is now um, just some like restaurant, but it's still. I think people probably still call it Maloney's because they'll always call it Maloney's. Okay. Um, there's a Barney's Beanery that's yeah. been there for, I think, about eight or nine years now. Um, when I was in school, it was Maloney's and, well, Maloney's and then O'Hara's and then Bruco. And Bruco is like a seafood place now. Really? Uh, yeah. There's not, there's a lot of places you can drink in Westwood, but places that are actually like bars, uh, not substantial amounts where did we do our we did a live show from west we did a live show at barney's Beer. at barney's okay that was good yeah and is then the dd reese is like the best the best cookie stuff i love that so that's... yeah yeah i once did a um a, a, a legendary drinking race called the drunkathlon in college where oh. we went around to all of the different places you can get beer or alcohol in westwood it was a race um divided into teams and there's a surprising amount of places like you know going to cpk going to the sushi places and doing sake bombs the whole thing you can do it all just not many bars gotcha not many bars. okay so the second part of his question and dave i think you'll, you'll be able to handle this i'll just let you do this one can you give a capsule about each school's recruiting particularly their current needs recruiting approaches advantages and disadvantages and overall outlooks keep up the great work thanks choney 19 so Dave, just sure. you handle that yeah. one, and we'll move on. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh wow, uh, sorry, we just came back. It, it it sounds like our audio cut out. Is that right? For about an hour when you cover. Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, I don't want to re-record that. Damn. Well, that's that's one we got to ask. That's definitely what we have to ask yeah, everybody. <laughs> There's no way. Tony, um, you've you've met us before, right? Like you know who we are. I I think he probably has. Yeah. He's a long-time asker of questions. Yes. On broadcast this one. So. Oh, okay. He's a broadcast guy. Nice. He is a broadcast guy. He's a UCLA guy. Um. All right. So that's that's our man Choney. Um. And then I think we got a text from our friend Andrew. Okay. You want me to read this one? Yeah. Sure. Uh. Wait. Hold on. No, this might not be from Andrew. This might be from. I didn't see a name on man. this one. This is from Lobo Jangles. Oh, Lobo it is. Jangles. Okay. Yeah. I did a, a little, uh, I did a, a dyslexic mix-up on the area code. Uh, gentlemen, you know I love the show. Totally understand piling on Herm and plagiarizing that national narrative of burying the guy. Somewhat understandable, but 
please go easy on the failure in the NFL narrative. His losing years were littered with the burden of pathetic QBs and injuries at the position. Try these facts. Brody Croyle, Damon Huard, 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 Huard. Boy, I was not the one drinking. Uh, Tyler Thigpen, <laughs> uh, Herm's QBs in his losing seasons. Enough said. Nobody wins with that. He won with freaking Chad Pennington. Lobo Jangles. Um, and then he followed up, and you guys forgot about Todd Heap in your draft, elite tight end. I, I think Heap was only like one year in the 2000s, so we can be forgiven for that. Did he? Oh, okay, yeah. I I kind of thought he was over before that, but maybe not. All right. Uh, he was drafted in 2001, so he played oh. the 2000 season. Okay. Um, all right, so I responded to him. This is one of those texts I responded to, which was weird because he didn't insult me. Um, Chad Pennington was a Jake Browning all-star, but dude could play a bit. He's not like a Trent Dilfer. Uh, yeah, obviously Herm had extenuating circumstances, but everyone who loses a bunch of games does. Not everyone goes 20 games under 500 over an eight-year career as a head coach. That's bad. Also, yes, good point on Heap. I think it was mostly because he only played a year in the 2000s, so we just missed him. But yeah, I mean, okay, sure. He had some bad quarterbacks. He's still like 20 games under 500 yeah. over eight years is hard to do. And so, you have something to do with the quarterbacks you have. Yeah. Over eight years, you have some control over which quarterbacks you have in play. Yeah. I'm so. curious. I don't remember if John Wilner selected Todd Heap in his team. So we'll see if, if we, another another person passed on Heap. But, yeah, obviously he was a stud. And, you know, it just comes down to, like, Arizona State had some other players that you would want or whatever. But, yeah, he's he's a stud. Oh, I did skip past Andrews. Do you want me to read Andrews or do you want to do it? Uh, was that the 909 one? That's the 206 one. Oh, okay. So there's also a 909 one. Um, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you read the, the, the 206 one. I'll read the 909 one. Cause... Okay. So uh, he says, hey, F-head, <laughs> Will Disley is awesome. You probably didn't notice him because he's a blocking tight end. That makes sense. He was one of the Washington draft picks third rounder. Right. Uh, and then he says, hey, other F-head, the Pac-12 wasn't second to last in NFL draft picks. It was third to last or third to best. The Pac-12 beat the Big Ten in picks per school. Got to go ratio data over total number data. SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten, and Big 12 has evolved into the standard order. It's been that way quite a bunch in recent years. Okay, cool. That's fine. I don't like that he's calling us F-heads. You didn't respond to that. so I didn't. I didn't. I actually switched it up. I responded to a polite text message and did not respond to a, a blatantly obvious not intending to call us F-heads, but just trying to get our attention. Now, I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to be your monkey. And it was all caps, too. I know. I know. Uh, I know. No, you got to make me believe the insult. I'm not just going to be like, oh, this is just a new term of endearment. You've got to really, you got to really go for it. Yeah. That, I think there was a little too much, a little too much there. A little over time. Yep, okay. Yep, yep, yep. We have, uh, so the other one's the 909 one. You want me to read that? Do it. Hey, guys, what is your take on the Pac-12 big picture? Did the conference bottom out last year a la Big Ten in 2008? Uh, and the, the the cyclical nature of college football is just taking its turn on the Pac-12? Or has it reached slash is close to reaching some point of no return? So many challenges Face the conference, demographics, fan interest, lack of elite talent, and the overall footprint of the conference, lack of institutional commitment. Will it turn around, or is it headed to relegation? Gut feeling, I love relegation. Uh, no one, no uh, signature on this one. We don't know who it's from, but that's the text question. 
So my take on this is no, I, I don't think we're in like, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is going to turn into the new Ivy League or whatever. But next year is not going to be great. Um, there's not a whole lot of quarterback talent in the league. Um, I, I, I think there's like a serious publication out there that listed Jake Browning as the best returning starter in the Pac-12, which, whoo boy. Um, I mean, top eight. So, yeah, top eight for sure in the league. Uh, but I think it might have had him as top eight nationally as a returning player, which um, is somebody who has read a resume but never actually watched a Washington game. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're in – I think this past year, this coming year, are going to be a little bit of a down cycle. Um, I think it's just going to take uh, – you know, it would have taken USC actually hiring a, a really good coach – um, that probably would have done it, and suddenly you, uh, the Pac-12 would have had an elite team again. Uh, but it's going to take somebody emerging as a truly elite powerhouse, and maybe that's Washington. Um, they were maybe better this year, that, better this past year than they have been, but just kind of luck of the draw on a bad Friday night game kept them out of the playoff. Um, I don't know if they necessarily have the talent to hang with an SEC school, but USC probably does, uh, but they need to get over the hump where they're not losing two to three games every season, um, where they are actually in the hunt for a national championship. I think USC is kind of in the same way that UCLA is kind of what drags down the, the Pac-12 in basketball when they're not good. I think USC kind of drags down the Pac-12 when they're not super elite. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is a year that we could see Washington break through and, and make the playoff again. I think there's that potential there. John Willer actually pointed out that they have a really tough, uh, a, a debilitating part of their schedule um, where they have two Pac-12 road games and the second road game is is the team coming off a bye. I forget if it was Oregon. Or I forget who they're playing. I don't. Do you remember that? When he tweeted that out? No, um, I didn't see it. But so it was. So he was saying that yes, they got rid of some of the competitive disadvantage games where there's no road game, short week. Road game, but they still haven't stacked it in the favor of the teams that can actually contend. Yeah, but still, there's a there's one is a bad for Washington, and there's no other like contending team in the country in the Power Five that has to do that, and Washington does. So, so he's saying there's an example with there where like a schedule conflict, you know, it's, it's discrepancy or whatever you want to call it, would be uh, you know something that would inhibit Washington from potentially making the playoffs. It's something that the Pac-12 can control. And didn't really do it. So I don't I the more I see Washington, the more I kind of like them this year, Dave. But will they break through and, and be able to make the I, I it's gonna be really tough if the Pac twelve misses the playoff yet again this year. Yeah. I I I, I, I just don't I, I don't know. I don't see any long term trend until you know uh, until this really strings together for another couple of years. I mean, we're just we're so recently we had Oregon in the playoff and they were very close. Um, and, you know, Stanford, Oregon trading just elite after elite seasons very, very recently. I mean, yeah, it's not great right now, but um, I think within a couple of years it'll turn around a little bit. So should we go, do you want to read Hitler days or what's the deal? I'll read Hitler day. All right. Well, it's All your right. turn, you know. I think this is uh, so this is another one of those words that I've read a bunch, but I don't think I've ever pronounced. So kayfabe. I have no idea what that is. It's the so the whole wrestling thing where you pretend like it's real. That's called kayfabe. Um, you that's know, a like professional wrestling. Thing? 
That's a thing. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. The, the 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 basically presenting something that's staged as if it's real. All right. Um. Okay. I'm impressed that you know what that is. That's great. Well, who's 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 the one who knows the words here? <laughs> You're the word guy. I was supposed to be the numbers guy. You're supposed to be the word guy. All right. Friday night in Salt Lake City. There's the yeah. obvious pick there. Um. Okay. So it looks like it's a pure Saturday football game at Utah. Um. Yeah, that's a Utah victory. That's a Utah victory. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Utah. Uh, I would take them up to minus six in that game. Okay. Uh, I would probably be in that same sort of range. I want to see, obviously, how the beginning of the season plays. USC. I don't. I want to pick it right now. Nice. Well, you got it. Uh, I'll put it on the board for you. No, you, you haven't won the picks the last. Yeah, actually, can you can you can you put that on the board for me, Utah? And can I just get the odds I want right now? <laughs> can I get Utah like plus plus like seven? How about that? No, I don't think you're gonna. You would not be getting seven points in that one. I don't. My guess I, would be. I doubt it. Yeah, quarterback situation. Um, okay, so here's this. here's the deal in the South. So Arizona has a pretty easy schedule. There's some people that are down on them. I I told you guys before. I like them. Um, I you know I think with Kevin Sumlin, Khalil Tate, and a young defense that I you know maybe they suck, but I think they're going to be pretty good. If the defense sucks, that yeah, obviously they're not going to win the Pac-12 South. But I think the defense can be pretty good. I think the offense could be better. It's weird with Tate because we've seen games where he'll run for five touchdowns and just like run all over the place and then throw for five touchdowns. Can he put it all together? And I think with Kevin Sublin, they can. So I think he, they can be a real contender. I know some people don't agree, but that I just that's just my gut feeling right now. I think Utah's a real contender. They have a really tough schedule, though. Uh, that you know they don't. You, you, you talk. I think Arizona misses like um, Washington and Stanford or something like. So uh, you know you miss those teams in the north. That's a big deal. Uh, Utah misses, I think, Cal and like Oregon State. I, so just off the top of my head, I'm not in front of me, but that that's kind of the range of what Utah's missing. So their schedule is a lot tougher. So I think they're a talented enough team to win the South, but it's going to be tough because they're going to have to win some really tough games against power teams from the North. And USC is the most talented team. So for me, I think all three of those could win. I don't know right now. I'm not going to debate like, oh, it's definitely USC or Utah or Arizona, but I really think those are the three teams that can contend. Yeah. And I just know for a fact that Utah is going to beat USC on October 20th. Yeah. I would go with you on that. That's, I yeah. mean, that's, uh, but we're a long way away from the season. Uh, as far as me talking about the spring games, take USC's taking its ball and going home. No, it's not. Look, John Wilner agrees. Like, you don't want to put the best teams in the conference at a competitive disadvantage. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. You want to give them an opportunity to win. You put every single power team in the Pac-12 in a horrible situation. And unfortunately, they all failed in all of those horrible situations. Now, they should be better teams and be able to overcome some of that stuff. But this is the Pac-12. You don't need to, to make things harder put more obstacles in front of these teams than they already have. So that's basically where the, all that was coming from Hitler day. I mean, you were kind of taking your ball and going home. Oh yeah. Well, should, should USC still go independent? Yeah. They should just move away, you know, get out of here. <laughs> all right. You want to read Thomas? Okay. Ryan and Dan. So this is May 1st podcast part one. Oh man. Part one. This is long. Oh, this is, part is, is there a question in here? 
I hope so. I see some, I see a question mark, so I'm assuming there's a question. No, 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 no. The question mark is literally him asking himself <laughs> what's his own opinion. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. It's That's what it is. Well, should I just read it or no? I think, I'll i read it. Whatever. Uh, right. Yeah, read it. Go, I love go, that go, Dave's go like doesn't want to do it. Uh, Ryan and Dave. Thanks. For, I see a lot of words and I'm just like, oh boy. It is a lot. And I've, you know, I'm a little tipsy, so I might. Yeah, this no, up. you're, you're, you're not, but you're I'm not, not slurring. You're but not, I'm not slurring. I, but I'm doing okay so far. Right. You're no? doing fine. Okay. You're, you're doing, you're doing fine. It's a relative assessment. I don't know exactly how much you drank. If it's like not a much. beer, you're not doing great. If it's like four, you're doing fine. Yeah. It was a little less than four. So, okay. Uh, thanks for going strong with the podcast. Using the second hour of the broadcast to read your mailbag in depth is awesome. Doing it only wants to make me write in even more. Well, I guess that's why we're here on the May 1st. Uh, that was a, he, he, so doing it makes me want to write in even more or only makes me want to, he, he's, he went with only wants to make me, which is. Well, that's one way to go. Yeah, I, you know, but I'm just I'm gonna give him the benefit of doubt. Uh, it's okay, because no, he I said it. he's our friend. He's Thomas. He's our friend. He's at Mister TPSM. So he says he's our friend. I assume he's our friend. So I want to be nice to him. He's our friend. Uh, on the May first edition, you ask for feedback about two topics: one, the tennis Larry hypothesis, and two, programming ideas for the next couple of months. So. I think he's only doing part one here. The Tennis Larry Theory. Uh, a listener named Justin recently proposed that the Pac-12 is struggling because Larry Scott came from the WTA. So that's some tennis thing, right? Mm -hmm. Justin, women's tennis, tennis Association. Yeah, cool. sure. Justin suggested women ten, women's tennis is an anomaly. The sport is just as profitable and popular as men's. The reasoning is such a background the reasoning is that such a background gave Scott unrealistic expectations about being able to generate revenue from the Pac-12 Olympic sports. My own opinion. So he was asking himself or, okay, Scott, are you really annoyed with me right now, Dave? No, never. Um, <laughs> hopefully you always are. Scott's background was probably a big reason why he was hired, but I don't think it's why the conference has struggled. Scott was hired. At a very fluid and volatile time. Oh, uh, it's something. A fluid and volatile time. Yeah. It, uh, I guess that's the Pac-12 in a nutshell. Uh, it's something we seem to have forgotten very quickly. Here are a couple of examples. The Pac-12 announced Utah and Colorado just joined the same day that the NCAA handed down sanctions to USC. The resulting Tier 1 media deal, meanwhile, was announced in May 2011. This was only three and a half months after the Justice Department approved the NBC Comcast merger. It was also the peak of the recession. State, well, we're getting a lot of stuff here. State universities were seeing funding slashed. It's not that Scott didn't expect a recovery. It's that the conference had to guess what it would look like, perhaps thinking they had nothing to lose. They took the longest view possible, which is great news for you too. Your friend, Thomas slash at Mr. TPSM. Well, that's a very charitable read. Charitable. So we yeah, are over it. I mean, I think it's a very charitable look at, you know, what was going on that, you know, they had to make a guess based off of a bunch of external factors. And I don't know how much they were considering any of that. No. Um, yeah. I think you're giving a lot of credit if you think they're trying to take in the recession and all kinds of stuff into consideration. I think Larry Scott wanted to say at that point, we're talking what middle of 2011. 
Yeah. I think we'd already, uh, weren't we already seeing signs? I don't, I don't know because the recession was a uh, stock market nonsense crap. Weren't there already signs of recovery at that point? Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I think Thomas might be related to Larry Scott. Um, I don't know. You know, this is a real thing. Like, we see people on Twitter, they're like, I don't like Larry Scott or whatever, but they're like con- constantly defending him and saying, it doesn't matter, hire good coaches, do blah, 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 blah. I don't know if people are just sick of the complaining about Larry Scott, but there's some people who are just like, no, it's not his fault, which they don't really have a lot of reasons behind it. Like Thomas is trying to provide something, but a lot of the times they're just like saying, no, it's just Larry Scott's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Which I don't agree with, but. All right, this is from Frank in Sacramento. You ready? Yeah. Late draft question. Were, where? Were you surprised <laughs> that uh, undersized high motor lineman Hercules Mataafa was not drafted and ended up ended up signing a free agent contract with the Minnesota Vikings? Personally, a little um, because, but when you talk about guys that are tweeners and they don't fit a certain mold, then you know, all bets are off in the NFL. If they can't figure, well, he's going to be this or he's going to be that. But he had such good production. I thought someone would take a flyer on him. But he's one of those guys that I would say, hands down, signs a free agent deal, but will make a team. So I, yeah, I think he's. I think he's got a career as a special team guy at least in his you know future. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I wasn't surprised he wasn't drafted. I mean, he's a 245 pound defensive tackle. Um, with no proof that he can operate on the edge with any kind of consistency. And there's no way he's playing in the NFL inside unless he packs on like 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, and that's as an undersized, if he packed on 30 pounds, he would still be an undersized defensive tackle. But um, so he would have to be like an outside linebacker or maybe a pass rush package defensive end. And he hasn't shown that. Um, he doesn't necessarily have the athletic skills that you look for when you're looking for those types of guys. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't drafted, but like Ryan said, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he makes a team and has a, you know, a decent little career. I think if I was working in the NFL and you know, whatever you're assisting to a GM or something, when you see guys that are just football players, but they don't fit your mold and they're not big enough or not, whatever, I, I kind of feel like I'd want to take more chances on them. Just like, you know what? I saw him play football. He plays football really well. Let's see what we can do. Let's see. You know, we're coaches. We're GMs. We're supposed to, like, get a guy that we know can play football and put him into a system and and have him be productive. Um, I would want to get guys like that. You know, and maybe you try it three or four times. It doesn't work, and you stop. And maybe a lot of those guys have done it. But he's one of those guys, Dave, where I think you would, like, you could make it work somehow. Like, he's good enough at the game of football that – it should be able to, he should be able to do something on your team. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to, I think that is true of a lot of these guys. Um, I, I don't think, as we've talked about on the show, I don't think the NFL draft process is at all even close to an infallible process. And talking about like the evaluation process, I think they overemphasize these crazy bits of minutia and don't emphasize the big things like, hey, can, can Josh Allen throw a ball to his receiver? Can he? Um, and <laughs> well, like, he didn't really do that in college, so you know <laughs> he didn't really do a whole lot of it. Um, did it like you know fifty six, fifty seven percent of the time. So 
uh, I, I think they sometimes get hung up on a lot of things. They, they overanalyze certain things, but the, the issues that Hercules have are like demonstrable issues for that specific position. Like when you don't have the size to play inside, you do just get kind of barreled over by some of these, because what he was taking advantage of also was, a, you know, not great offensive line play, especially in the pac 12, but also throughout college football. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think you've, there's probably some merit in what you're saying that, you know, opt for the guys who are just productive and, you know, see what they do. Um, I think there's more merit for it from the college to pro level than there is from the high school to college level. Yes. Um, high school to college, you definitely have to project upside, but college to pro, I mean, especially at the FBS, now I'm talking myself in circles because at the FBS level, you're playing against guys who are going to, you know, a lot of them are going to go and play in the NFL. So if you were able to produce there, should it translate? I don't know. So you're a I Hercules Mata'afa hater. I didn't realize that. I thought you. No, no, him. I'm actually a big fan. Big fan. Oh, it doesn't sound uh, like it. I'm just saying. He's just like he's just like six two and two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> Very productive though. Um, we'll yeah. see. I, I, you know, I was a fan of his when I watched him uh, in the Pac-12. So uh, hopefully he makes a team. But you know, Dave could be right, and he's just terrible. So I don't know. I didn't actually argue a single thing. I, I worked <laughs> myself all the way around to your side, so I could be right because I said basically all available positions. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. This is terrible. This next one. Uh, two questions. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do. Don't do not read the standings. I'm not. You just read, read the paragraphs, and then I will. I will dictate the standings. Okay. Uh, this is from Michael. He said, uh, Dave slash David and Ryan, seriously, I don't know why I listen to your podcast every week and have since you launched, since you do such a bad job. But now that I've insulted you, I will probably get this read. Dave, uh, uh, Michael, we're going to read your questions all the time. It's just about if you want Dave to respond to like a text or something, that's when you got to insult him. Yeah, that's when you really got to insult him. Yeah, us. but don't. And even do then, as, as I showed this week, I'm not consistent. No, you can't make it obvious. Like if you're No, just... it needs to be like actually kind of a vicious insult that like is cutting and, you know, makes me feel a little bit bad. <laughs> then you're going to get a response because I'll try to win you over at that point. Yeah. Because uh, Dave doesn't care about people unless he thinks that you really hate him. And then yeah, unless you don't like me. Yeah. Okay, so you guys brought out a wonderful hypothetical where the Pac-12 partners uh, with the Mountain West and does relegation in football. That would be awesome. Awesome. He said, I'll, I'd propose basketball too. Uh, could you reimagine your Pac-12 power rankings for the next season, assuming relegation had happened after last season, since I know DW... Uh, won't read this ahead of time. I pulled the two conference records for you. It looks like Boise State and Fresno State would move up. Oregon State and Dave's Colorado would move down. And then he gives us the all the standings. Okay, so basically it's the standings from the Mountain West and the standings from the Pac-12 last year. Um, the two best teams are Fresno State and Boise State. The two worst teams in the Pac-12 were Oregon State and Colorado. Relegation would obviously have that shifting around. Oregon State and Colorado out. But I guess it could technically be Cal, too. It would depend on the tiebreak between Cal and Colorado because they were both 2-7 and seven in league and 5-7 and seven overall. Um, I would love that. Love it. And I, I don't mean offense to our Oregon State and Colorado listeners. I love you guys, too. But that would be so much more fun. And next year, uh, that would actually improve the quality of the league. 
because Boise State and Fresno State are both in much better shape right now than Colorado and Oregon State. And Fresno State completely turned it around with former Cal head coach uh, Jeff Tedford. I mean, they were seven and one in conference. They won ten freaking games last year, mm-hmm. and what? Yeah, man, they were awful after uh, you know the, the good years of the Tim DeRuiter years. The uh, uh, the car years after that, they were bad. And so the, to win 10 games last year was pretty amazing. How Now, I'm not like, I don't like soccer. I'm not a big soccer fan at all. I love the concept of relegation, but I don't know like how it specifically works. Is it really like every year, like the bottom two and the top two? With only 12 teams, is that too many? Would it be one? I'm you're... actually insulted that you're asking me this question. I... As if I'll know about some nonsense sport that doesn't matter. <laughs> some boring, god-awful sport that I played for like nine years, and it's like fun enough to play. But why, why, why would you ever watch it? Why? Uh, the uh, L.A. Football Club is getting a lot of hype right now. Like the new – Yeah, a... it's a bunch of poser, Euro-trash <laughs> Americans who like call things pitch, and I'm going to uh... wear my kit. And oh my like god, it's so bad. Garbage. It is bad. And their their games, not matches. It's just uh It's bad and like the whole like I don't want to go on a soccer tangent, but we are. Um Well and if, we're if we you don't like angering, soccer we are angering like sixty percent of our listenership si- right now. Six percent. Yeah, I know it like is. Soccer. It is because Six. our our listenership definitely trends towards more of the like hipster uh hipster uh, football fan who's also a big soccer fan there's like 100%. it's so annoying like the people on twitter when they're like living and dying by like premier league stuff oh, and you're like you, you're just or, doing this or they're cause... like oh my god look at this best goal ever and it's like oh yeah cool the ball bent in the air or whatever <laughs> who cares <laughs> it's, I, I have so many friends that like it and i just love just teasing them and making fun of it and stuff but the it wouldn't be as bad but the it's not a pop like it's just not a super popular sport in America. I'm sorry, but it's not like it's not in the top five or whatever. It just isn't. But when you act like, well, these people just don't understand. Like they can't just you know just own it. Just like yeah, soccer. You know, hopefully it's getting more popular. You like it or whatever. That's awesome. But don't be just look down on anyone who doesn't like it. They're saying that they just don't understand it. I've had people explain it to me. I just find it boring. I I like goals. I like scoring. If you could. Add a second ball if you could make the goal bigger. Whatever you want to do to add more scoring, I would probably be into it. Like hockey, not a lot of scoring, but there's a shitload of shots, you know? There's not a lot of shots in soccer, so I would like more scoring chances at least. There's at least a lot of scoring chances in hockey, which I I find fun. I don't find soccer fun because, you know, kicking the ball backwards towards the goal, I just want to pull my hair out. Like, go forward, go towards the goal, and don't play for ties and all that kind of crap, so... That's just yeah, my, my, my whole thing on it is like there there's a uh, gosh, I mean, it's it's the it's the same basic movements all the time. It's the same basic thing. It's a flow sport. There isn't a whole lot of differentiation to it. You can have different formations. You can run your four, four, two or your like one, one, three nonsense crap. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's just basically the same stuff. And it's mostly played in the middle of the field. There's, you know, it's a guy who's like standing by himself and then he passes it to somebody because he's just like, I'm bored playing with this ball. (laughs) And then the guy he passed it to can't handle it. And then it's the other team's ball and then they bring it back up. And it's just not a whole lot going on. A lot of it in the middle of the field. And if you're going to have a flow sport like basketball, yeah, increase the pace considerably, shorten the court, whatever, play indoor soccer. I don't care, but make it so that like there's more stuff actually happening. 
Like football, okay, yeah, you can make an argument that there's only 15 minutes of live action, but there is so much differentiation on every single play, like in terms of what's going on. I don't know. This probably just makes me sound even more ignorant to the soccer fans out there, but God, it's such a dreadfully boring sport. I don't know. And I know we all convince ourselves at World Cup time that it's great and it's wonderful. And even I get sucked into the World Cup stuff because it feels like an event. But that's the only reason. Actually sitting and watching like 90 minutes of the U.S. play like whatever, Portugal or whatever. It's just like, ah, I could be doing anything else right now. The the thing my friends would try to get me to watch it. And as the, the games got more important the more defense was played. Like if you're in the finals, you're much more likely to be zero zero. Like there's, that's what really bothered me. Um, well, I mean, there's a, a lot of things that bothered me, but as the games got more and more important, you do have to score yeah, a goal. They, they played you know? tightly clinched. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, that's just not that fun to watch. I don't know if we see eye to eye on any topic as as good as we do this topic, Dave. Like, would you say, like, this is the thing we agree on the most, probably of anything. This is this is the most red-blooded American I will ever sound when yeah. I start ranting about how awful soccer is. Because, like, if someone read your resume, they would probably say, oh, that guy likes soccer, right? Like, yeah, they that would fair? say, oh, man, that guy loves himself <laughs> some soccer. <laughs> He's eating quinoa, and he loves soccer. Like, I, that's what I would guess, right, for David Woods? Yep, yep, yep. So Lots I love the fact that you hate soccer. That's awesome. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate that they refer to a guy being fast as him playing with pace. I hate that. Oh, there's yeah, the, the terms all that they the use. like terms, and I Pitch, don't care that the nil. British use it. The British can use it. That's fine. We have our own defined language for all of this stuff over here. Don't tell me meters. It's I don't want any zero. Of that stuff. It's not yeah. nil. <laughs> it's a field. It's not a pitch. It's a uniform. It's not a kit. <laughs> I love it, Dave. Okay, so my my, oh, my, my hold on, hold okay. on. Oh, my sorry, favorite is when they say things like the British. They have this whole weird assumption that if a singular noun refers to a plural group of people, say Britain, when they refer to Britain, the like, or they refer to England. Sorry, the national team. They say England are right when they're referring to the the team right. because it's a collection of people. That's insane. It's it's full crazy. It'd be like saying the U.S. Army are fighting in Vietnam. It's stupid and dumb. Um, we don't do that over here because we're smart and good. Yet people, when they talk about soccer, forget every single grammar rule they've ever learned in their lives and say things like, oh, America are beating. No, you sound like you have brain damage. Stop it. I love this, Dave. I love that you there's such passion there. It's awesome. I think honestly, my biggest my biggest problems with uh, with soccer are the things that it has done to our language, and oh. the way that people have adopted it for God knows what reason. It's, I mean, this is amazing. This is my favorite moment of our show in the three years we've done it. I love it. Um, okay, so but my general understanding, I apologize for asking you about relegation. My general understanding was like those leagues are bigger, so it's like twenty four teams or something like that. I don't know. So losing two of the 12 is probably too big of a percentage. My guess would be relegation would be like one team and you would bring one in. So this would probably be Oregon State's year to go back down to the Mountain West and then Boise State's year to come up and uh, and go to the Pac-12. That, that would be my guess. I think two is probably too much. Two out of 12 teams. I mean, that, you know, 
significant. So I would say maybe one out of 12 would probably be Honestly, better. I think Oregon State fans would be fine with that for like, you know, just take take a three-season breather. Right? Yeah. Come back around when you're feeling a little bit better and, and you know, your spot will be warm for you. And I don't know if there's rules where, like, if you go down, like, it, you have to wait so many years to come back up. Or if you just turn it around and kick everybody's ass, then you can come back up. I'm not I think sure. probably if you just win that that second. I don't know. We're just making up rules for, for yeah, soccer. Yeah, for a sport care. that we don't like. But I love relegation. <laughs> but I love yeah, that. Yeah, relegation's a great idea. Um, we'll steal that from you, but none of your stupid words. <laughs> oh, my God. So many. Okay. The, the soccer, like the soccer follows on our Twitter timelines and stuff, they're going to be like really pissed with us. Oh man, this is going to earn me some real hatred. What? I'm just actually doing this for the real insult texts. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, text us, is, uh... email us, let us know why we're idiots because soccer is the most popular. That, before we go on, the worst argument in the world is it's the most popular sport in the world. Yeah. And these other countries where, you know, People eat mud. Yes, it's very popular, but <laughs> who cares? Like... You're referring to, like, Germany. Sorry. Sorry to all the countries that people eat mud, but that's, you know. Great, Great. Yeah. America. Um, all right. This is from Jake in Santa Monica. Pac-12 refs. Hey, Ryan and Dave. This upcoming season, would you guys consider voting on a Pac-12 ref of the week after each week's games? This person would embody the virtues, tremendously high standards, and terrible calls of our beloved referees. At the end of the season, the ref with the most votes is determined to be the Podcast of Champions Referee of the Year. This would require us paying attention to their names. Yeah, but I like it, Jake. It's uh, a really good idea, but it would require us doing a little bit even beyond the typical, like, just eensy step past inertia we usually are on jake from state jake oh, santa monica that's from state farm um okay so we might need their help uh jake and everyone else out there we need nominations yeah, you'll need every to week. vote and send us clips yeah send us nominations of why this guy should be the pac-12 ref of the week and whoever gets it the most like if it's uh who's the land guy is uh land clark so like say land clark blows a call in the opener and then so three or four times during the year, he had like the worst, most egregious, terrible Pac-12 calls. Although three or four times might not win it, but just this for the sake of argument, then you know we could say Land Clark wins. Um, but we we're, we're gonna need your help because you know we're watching games, but it's it's hard to like pay attention to every single referee. So send us those in. Um, Glasses ref can't win every week, so we'll have you know he can he he's like a grandfathered in as like the the godfather of horrible refs, but. I, I think that's a good like idea. Last year's TV schedule, there will be like three Pac-12 games going on at the exact same time. So yeah. we'll definitely need your help here. Um, I feel like I've got the – just drew the short straw. Uh, okay. No, no, no. I, I'm going to summarize this one. <laughs> okay. Because okay? like – We're not reading this whole Every thing. time we go through – Dave and I just take turns, and sometimes it's like I'm just getting everyone that has – 17 paragraphs. Yeah, no, no, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way we're doing this to you, me, or the listeners. All right. This is from Brian. Century team draft critique and question. Okay. He says he loves the pod. It's great. Um, we like him. He he likes OSU and USC. Uh, he says a fun point, and I have to read this. Um, uh, to reinforce the ineptitude of Rick Neuheisel, since 2000, my Beavers are 4-9 and nine against Dave's Bruins. However... Rick was so bad that he was the only UCLA coach to lose more than once to my beloved doormat, two and two. Wow. Without Rick, OSU would have been two and nine with wins in 2000 as we rolled to a Fiesta Bowl and in Jim Morris' first season. Wow. 
Okay, so that's impressive. Okay, so he's critiquing our drafts very specifically from an Oregon State and USC standpoint. Um, we picked, um, I picked as my receiver, as my offensive player from Oregon State, Brandon Cooks. He says uh, Mike Haas would have been a better pick, probably defensible, um, more career yards, fewer TDs. Um, and he makes the argument based off of exactly how important he was to Oregon State's passing game with Matt Moore. Uh, 43% of Oregon State's completions thrown by Matt Moore went to Haas. Am I pronouncing that right or is it Haas? No, I think it's ha- I think you're right. I think it's yeah. Haas. Yeah. Um, so that's impressive. And Brandon Cooks only caught 25%. Uh, or 32% of uh, Sean Mannion's 400 completion. So it was a more pass-happy offense. So that probably uh, deflates Cook's importance and uh, makes Haas even look more important. Uh, For Ryan, he said Steven Jackson was a crazy pick. uh, Because he was not not as good in college. Uh, He wanted you to go with Ken Simonton, uh, Oregon State running back from 98 to 01, who had 5,000... 44 yards in his career, which is 1,400 more than Jackson and 1,800 more than Reggie Bush and 2,541 more than Maurice Jones drew. So that's a compelling argument. Uh, but obviously you he were going for a little four bit years, NFL. He played for four years on a bad team and got the ball. Like, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Steven Jackson running the football behind the offensive line and the team that I had, then Ken yeah. But Simonton. are we talking? Are we talking like, uh, you know, uh, St. Louis Ram Stephen Jackson? I mean, would you rather? I'd rather have MGD. Like you, you know, it's you're talking I about. Mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're he talking. started I for mean, what? Did he start for four years there? Like, I mean, that's. Yeah, but those were actually, I think, decent Oregon State teams. That was like Dennis Erickson, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, certainly he was productive, but like. I remember Steven Jackson more than I read, you know, and maybe some of that's the NFL stuff, but. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then he also says, um, uh, leaving out big Fred Davis, uh, from the USC tight ends versus the conference. Um, when we were discussing all that, Oh uh, yeah, he was good. Yeah. That's a good one to mention. Uh, but yeah, so that was a good one. Sorry. We can't read that whole thing. Uh, I, I'm sure you understand, but it was a very long and good email from Brian in Walnut Creek. Yeah. He could have got like, you know, it could have been a dissertation or something there. It was really long. It like was it was impressive. Twenty five. Uh, this paragraphs. next one. This next one is not not short. Oh, jeez, you guys are killing me today. This is I picked the wrong day to drink. You know. All right, all right. I'll 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 do this one too. Okay. You do the next two. All <laughs> okay. Right? All right. All right. So this is from Shane. Uh, he looks like a Washington fan. Like he says, "Go dogs." I'm not saying he like looks like a Washington <laughs> fan. You don't. You you people don't have like a look. Actually, you kind of do. He has he's a little got, like, picture. A little scruffy beard, and he's wearing a purple shirt. So, yeah, that is kind of a look for you people. Um, anyway, his subject line, the next to a T and a dearth of quarterback talent. Uh, Ryan and Dave, thanks for entertaining my USC versus the conference fantasy exercise a couple weeks ago. I agree they wouldn't win, but they'd keep it respectable. I still think SC D-line would hold their own relative to other positions. Leonard Williams and Kenichi Udizi. Udesi? Udesi, yeah, that's fine. That's good. On the outside, and Jarrell Casey or Cedric Ellis at DT is pretty formidable. The competitiveness of the exercise underscores how dominant SC has been on this coast in terms of pure talent acquisition and how great those mid-2000s teams were. The Sporting News recently released their top 25 quarterbacks for the 2018 season. Khalil Tate is number four, Browning at number six, 
and Justin Herbert at number 14. Not a whisper of another Pac-12 quarterback sniffing that list. There's a guy on the list at number 25 who hasn't played a game yet, Trevor Lawrence, a guy at number two on the list who has played one half of a competitive football game to attack of Viola, and players from North Texas, Ohio, and Arkansas State. Meanwhile, Stanford has a walk-on playing all-time QB for spring football. Question one, can you guys remember a weaker group of Pac-12 starting QBs? No. Yeah, like this is a conference that when teams do well, it's usually with a veteran, really talented quarterback. And there, there's some talent there for sure. I mean, I love Herbert. I, it's kind of weird, those rankings that they had there. But obviously, Tate's a stud. Uh, I think Browning's in a really good situation. Yeah. I mean, I, he he's in the conversation for number six in, in the <laughs> in Pac-12. The Pac-12. <laughs> Not in the country. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't think it's a, a super strong group. But I think there's potential there. Like, you could see... KJ Costello coming in. Yeah, I mean, there, I think you could, by the end of the year, you might not think that. But right now, going in as far as, like, proven, um, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, Herbert Ceiling is off the charts. Tate as Manziel, Lamar Jackson, video game ability. Browning is a top 10 QB in the conference. There's no <laughs> doubt about it at this point. And he has this funny Browning anecdote. Never forget that Browning followed on the heels of the brief but memorable Siler Meyer- Miles era. Siler Myers. That's what I always want to say. But it's because Miles. Because he's got a dumb name. It's a weird um, name, yes. Siler Miles era. Miles started but was replaced at QB when the game situation required throwing the ball from the Washington State 43-yard line into the end zone to finish the half. Miles literally could not throw the ball that far. Actual true story. By comparison, Jake Browning must have looked like the second coming of Jeff George to that Husky coaching staff. Is there nobody else? Jeff George uh, had a hose. Isn't. I mean, there's a few other quarterbacks out there who might, you know, who knows what happens with USC's situation if one of those guys who's on the team right now turns in good or JT Daniels is that rare, you know, guy who's supposed to be a high school senior who can actually play quarterback in the Pac-12. I, I doubt it, but hey, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then question two. In the spirit of Tua Tagovailoa and his lofty number two ranking on this particular piece of snackable clickbait content, nominate a 2018 conference Tua Tagovailoa candidate. It doesn't have to be a quarterback, but give us a guy or two that we haven't seen yet that is likely to jump in and perform and be a surprise by the end of the season. Who's that guy that bursts into the starting lineup and helps a team like Cal get over the pesky hump from five and seven up to a more respectable and completely reasonable <laughs> ten and two? Ooh. Hmm. Um, so some, someone in the pack 12 that you just haven't, uh, that we, that's not going to start. You think is going to jump in and, and do well right away. Is that what he's looking for? I think so. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it, hard to do that for other positions besides quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback. Like, I can, I can think of a few candidates. I think Dorian Thompson Robinson, if he's starting by like, you know, the end of the season, he could spark UCLA. Um, I mean, you know, JT Daniels, obviously USC yeah, is a freshman. Same I mean, deal, right? If he, he doesn't come. start at the beginning of the year, if he comes in for the final three games or whatever, he could spark them. Um, I don't see a Pac-12 team being in the national championship game and starting a new quarterback and having him be great. So it's yeah. probably not a purely analogous situation. And I think teams like, so if you go to the Pacific Northwest, like for Chris Peterson in Washington, like, that's not usually his MO. You know, there's that's not... Yeah. Uh, even with Mike Leach, like he, you know, we talked about it, you know, during the spring game, um, you know, you got, uh, Cam and Cooper coming in, but he would rather have like a walk on that's been there for three years that knows the system 
than the the newest four star guy to come in. So I think there's certain situations where it might be harder for a guy to come in and 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 do that. Um, I think Washington, Washington State specifically, probably would be harder at least at the quarterback spot. Yep. Um, but that'd be tough. Yeah, you know, send us your uh, if you have any candidates that you think, hey, here's a guy we think can come in and uh, maybe come in late and make. Yeah, that's that's a rare occurrence for especially the second half of the national championship game for that to happen. It's sort of unique to teams like Alabama that have that level of talent. That luxury of like, oh, here's yeah, a guy to we have to be in a position where you lose your starting quarterback and the next guy coming in can be just as good, if not better. And I remember um, seeing him at like the, I remember at the LA Nike camp, he just wasn't very good. Um, but he, he definitely looked better. I think I saw him at one or two other events, like high school events after that. Talk about uh, Tua and uh, and they, they pronounced it like Tagovailoa then, but now it's like Tungavailoa. Like they, it's like changed since uh, back when we were talking about high school. But I just pronounce it wrong every time, and that way yeah. I I, I solve the problem. I pronounce it differently every time too. Like <laughs> well, if you then, notice, I said Tagovailoa, and then I said Tagovailoa. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's Tunga now. I think they do more of a tongue. Well, I don't. Thing. I don't see an N. I, so, I don't either, but they, that's what I'm hearing now. I don't know. No, no I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna pronounce it a different way every time. But I did and think not, he got not better. Not entirely intentionally either. Yeah, he, he looked pretty average to me when I saw him at the LA Nike camp. But then there was like the opening. He was better, and there was like, I think one other event I saw him, and he, he definitely got better. So and, but you know, you're putting a lot on. He had a great second half. He had some bad moments in that second half, but. Obviously, they won the national championship. It was a pretty big deal. He could, you know, if you want to start him next year, like, it could be, eh. You know, like, I'm not convinced that he's, like, a super stud. He had 30 minutes of magic, you know. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily means he's, like, the greatest quarterback ever, but there's a lot of stuff on his shoulders right now. And poor Hurts, like, man, he, he handled that as good as you possibly could. They were asking him questions after the game. I thought that was awful. But uh, he still might be the guy going forward. We'll see. But. That, that's a really rare situation. Yeah. Uh, should we move on? Let's move on. Or was there more that you had to... Uh... There was one little bit more. Uh, uh, I can't believe Hitler Day Almond is a duck. That was like a Wizard of Oz reveal for me. Uh, I was just a guy yelling into a microphone, megaphone behind that curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't know if he's a duck, but that's just kind of what we're assuming. We, we guessed he was. Yeah. All right, road trips from Michael. I just heard one of your listeners ask about what to do on a game on game day at the Rose Bowl. While your advice is great, I have another suggestion. Oh, this should be interesting. I have done a number of road trips for games with friends and family. If you visit the fan website for the home team, people are usually very generous with advice about their home team. In addition, I've never had fewer than two or three invites to tailgates run by hometown fans. We've had an amazing experience in Seattle, Salt Lake City, uh, Palo Alto, and Memphis, Tucson, not so nice. Maybe it's the hot sun. The vast majority of college fans are really great people from Michael. I, I agree with this wholeheartedly. Go on there. I know people yeah. that host uh, standing USC tailgates, and they always invite um, opponents' fans. Usually if they're like big Twitter people, they'll invite the people on Twitter. If they're big message board people, they want people from the other message boards and stuff. So whatever, you know, whatever social media or if you're on the message boards a lot, I would go use that and find people that you can talk to and, and they'll, you you can bond with them. Yeah, for sure. Do you, I think that's right. Do you see that All right. a lot or you want me to do this one? Cause I'm supposed to do two. 
Remember? No, I'll do this one. You sure? I can do it. I don't care. It's this is long. part two. It's long. Are you are you I'll ready do for it. this? It's fine. I read I read his part one. Uh, so this is Thomas again. He's at Mister TPSM. So May first podcast part two. Man, this is long. Picking up where I left off in the last email, uh, I heard you needed some ideas for future shows, especially during the next few months. Here are some of the ideas I came up with. Sharkies. I like that. I'm not sure what this would all entail, but it would be the first thing to come to mind. Maybe jello shots. The possibilities are endless. So that's a, a Southern California bar chain. Yeah, you're uh, basically listening listening to the Sharkies podcast right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was not at Sharkies. Uh, I was I was actually at the hangar, Dave. It's on Aviation Boulevard. Uh, one of the haunts that apparently Steve Sarkeesian liked to go to quite a bit when he was a South Bay uh, resident, but after golf, that's where we had lunch. Um, but Sharky's is a great chain. Uh, I'm actually, uh, the, the owner, uh, Greg Newman is a, is a USC grad. He's actually in my class. So, um, I know him pretty well, but yeah, that's, we could do something like that. We, we did that one event at Barney's Beanery. We mentioned earlier, we should do another live one. I'd have to like move back or, you know, or just fly back for the event, whatever. Yeah, just fly back for the event. I just take all the advertising money we get and just fly back. All of that, that flowing advertising <laughs> money. <laughs> okay, the second one, NFL Network. How about a trip to nearby Culver City to visit the most successful single-league sports channel of them all, the NFL Network? I'm sure Rich Eisen has plenty of thoughts about what his network has done and uh, done well and what the Pac-12 could emulate. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I... I Know some of those guys there. Uh, they're, it's a pretty cool place. Um, yeah, we could talk to them. Media Day behind the scenes. Speaking of excellent production value, there's always Pac-12 Media Day. But rather than the typical and boring content about the season, interview the people behind the scenes. No, not the athletes or coaches. More like the various journalists and the obscure personnel that go. We've done that like the last two years. Yeah. Okay. We, cool, we've, cool. Done, we've had, I think we had like Pete Thamel. We've had Bruce Feldman. Um, did we get Stuart Mandel? We had, we had a bunch of people. Yeah. We had peeps. Uh, from, from there. And this year it's a one day event. It will be July 25th. So only one day. They're packing it all into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave is so bored with this. Couch surf with, uh, <laughs> is it W-I-F-H? I think it just meant with. I think he means a T there. Yeah, uh, couch surf with Chantel in Portland. Uh, is it Chantel? Chantel Jennings? I think that's who he's talking about. She's with yeah. the Athletic now. Mm-hmm. Um, what would justify taping a whole show in Portland, Oregon? Maybe a huge campus Nike owns, shrouded in mystery. Something about where the swoosh develops, cutting edge technology, new unis and helmets. Sure, I understand if the company won't go for it, but there's enough Pac-12 history stuck into Nike's cleats to ask and to boot. You could also visit the original hotel where the Pacific Coast Conference was formed in 1915. I think uh, Thomas is reaching here pretty much. I think he's reaching pretty hard. I'm excited to see where the depths of this go because, listeners, we're not even halfway through this email. Yeah, Acoustic Jeopardy. Could you, that's Dave's cue to, hey, hurry up. Could you? T- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I make myself laugh. <laughs> now I can't even see. I'm going to have to hard to read. Could you tell each Pac-12 stadium apart uh, listening only to the crowd? Ooh, that's kind of interesting. Um, Aut- Autzen is known for being loud. What despite- kind of low bar are you setting at this point? 
I don't know. I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Otson <laughs> is known for being loud despite being only 50,000 seats, but it's really more impressive than to say Husky Stadium or the Coliseum. Here's a chance to explore the question without the bias of how each place looks. So it's the Pepsi challenge for, for listening to stadium noise. Yeah, I I just don't know how different it would sound. And you're like, is it a is it a you know is it a game against Portland State, the opener? Or are you all talking right, we have about- a challenge for everybody: record audio <laughs> from your stadium when you're at a game this fall, and we will play them on the air and guess what they are. Yeah, we will be okay. Awful That's a that. challenge for a. Assuming we have at least a listener from every single <laughs> Pac-12 team, which is a stretch. Um, I, I think we're at 11 total listeners now. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, please do that. We're awful at a lot of stuff. We would be really awful at this, I'm guessing. I, I, I think we would be phenomenally bad. I would be curious to see how different they sound. And if you're like, where is it recorded from? If you're recording from like I, I, top And then room. I think it'll be a really beautiful and egalitarian message when we realize that everyone just sounds alike, yeah. drunk and stupid. If you have 50 to 90,000 people just screaming, like it's probably sounding close to the same. Yeah. Uh, depth chart mania. Ooh, what could this be? Uh, don't you hate it when the media starts covering college football in August and you can't figure out It's wh- May and we're covering this. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> And you can't figure why they are covering certain players so closely. Me too. And that's why you should have an episode dedicated to exactly how each team's depth chart looks at the start of fall camp and what rising stars are poised to break out. This would be an amazing way for us to lose all of our listeners, Thomas. Thank you for the idea. You know, let's that, go that over the like two deep piece of-, of content. We'll call it a depth chart and we'll publish it as written piece of content. Yes. Let's go over the two deep of every uh, team. Boy, we... howdy. No. Yeah, that's that's a horrible, that's a Hitler Day bad idea, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hitler Day, just give you a little shot there. Okay, B-M-O-C. We... <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, we almost always ignore the quote-unquote student and student-athlete, but players have to pick a course of study and make progress towards graduation. This is not going well. Uh, why do they pick what they do, and which players are most active in their fields. Wow, is that awful. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, 70 to 80% of them pick it because it's the easiest possible thing. Yes. They're told to do it, and it's the one with the easiest study help. Yeah. Um, Thomas, this is like, you might be banned from further. <laughs> if I wasn't reading it, then I wouldn't say it, but because I have to read it, then yes. Uh, interview with Richard Sherman, Nuff Said. Turn the mic off for two hours and then press stop. Although it would be interesting to know what it was like playing on the Seahawks uh, with the veritable team of Pac-12, with a veritable team of Pac-12 All-Stars. Uh, and last but not least, oh, do you want to comment on that? Oh, Richard no, Sherman. I don't. Okay. Uh, the refs. An interview with the Pac-12 officiating crew. They won't let us do that. Uh, a tour of the state, uh, a tour of their state of their facilities. Nope, just your top Pac-12 officiating blunders of all time. Ask for listeners to submit their nominations ahead of time. That's the best thing he said. And watch the dumpster burst into flames. So That Thomas, was the best idea there. Yeah, because it's that's not work for us. It's work for the listeners. So that's... Yeah. Okay, so submit your uh, officiating blunders. We we kind of get the... We get a lot of them, like, on the Twitter mentions and stuff. But yeah, really... Yeah, send us your best, like, GIF version of an officiating blunder. Like, find the clip, 
turn it into a GIF, send us the GIFs. Yeah. And then like in a period of three to six months, I will post them on the website. But in general, Thomas had a whole lot of bad ideas there. Like, that was, really... that was, that was, what was that? That was six minutes, six minutes or so. Probably. That six minutes, we're never getting back. No. And our, right? our poor listeners, he does have a hyphenated last name, which I, I don't know. Do you have strong thoughts on that, Dave? Hyphenated last names? Yes. No, not really. I oh, have I thought you stronger, would. I have much stronger thoughts about hyphenated first names. Oh, okay. Fair. Because those were given to people. Like those, somebody decided this is a good idea. I want to give this person a hyphenated first name. Whereas a hyphenated last name can happen for a lot of reasons, right? That's but that's like, still a decision. Like you, you know, you didn't pick the whatever one last name you decided to hyphenate to, to make it even. Yeah, but you can also have like certain like French names are just naturally hyphenated. Like okay. there's some, there's some stuff, right? All right. But like living in the South now, it's not even just hyphenated first names. It's just like giving people two first Double names. Double names, yeah, yeah. You know, like an Anna Catherine, right? What is that? That's that seems like a lot, like more than like a Jim Bob. Like Jim Bob is like two. Yeah, sh- why, you know. wh- yeah what's going on there? You don't need that. All you right. don't need that at all. You just need one first name. I like I, this is good. I like getting Dave fired up. Uh, is this my turn? No, your turn. Okay, you go. All right. This is from. Ruin Jerome. You get the short ones. What is it? I know. It's great. Idea for a show. I've read like all of your big ones, except for this last <laughs> no, one. No, you didn't. Which you took, read which one. Took, like seven minutes longer than it should have. <laughs> all right. This is from Bruin Jerome. Hey, guys. Love the show, but Dave, you're a putz. <laughs> Name calling is how we get Dave's attention, right? Anyway, my I idea like is this. for you guys to rank the Pac-12 by position group for the upcoming season. Tough task, I know, with the turnover in college ball. But I think Ryan, who watched all the spring games, is up to it. Keep up the great work. I don't think he is. I don't think I am. By position This would actually be extremely hard. (laughs) We we do this voluntarily. Every every single team. Do you know? Like, I know people say these things. Do you understand how boring that would be? Like, do you understand how? You know what? I think Oregon's linebackers are slightly better than Washington State's. And I'll tell you why, Ryan. In May. Dreadful. Dreadful. No, I like, but to Bruin for Bruin Jerome, like that would be great. Like, but that would literally take a lot of work. Like you and and it would be so subjective. Like you would go through, I watch all the spring games, but I'm not going to tell you, you know, you get like ideas of like, oh, I think the secondary is going to be pretty good or whatever, but to try to rank them all like, no, like that would be near impossible. And there's so many injuries and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's hard enough doing it at the end of a season where you've seen everything. You're like, you know, I thought Stanford secondary was the best or whatever it is. That's difficult to do. Try to do something like that in May. Um, I, I I don't think it would be very accurate. I don't think I have enough information that just, I mean, I could study it every team and you would still be like making stuff up, trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you would fall into the trap, which I think a lot of pundits do. And we've done on the show, obviously, where you're kind of talking out your butt because you have no real idea about any of it. And you're just kind of guessing. Yeah. And that's no, I mean, yeah, we could probably make it somewhat fun, but I think it would be uh, dreadfully boring and terrible at this point in the year. And unfortunately, like basically we talk about this for two hours a week. That's about all we put into this. That's, that's now I did. I watch all the spring games. I did do that. But outside of that, it's not like we're like studying the PAC 12 while we're not doing this. We're like about our lives. Like I was drinking today. Like I was doing that. I could have been studying the PAC 12 and I had some drinks. Right. Uh, Suggestion and question. All right. Alex in Pasadena. Do you know what the, the nickname for Pasadena is, Dave? What? Crown City. 
Did you not know that? Dude, you go there I all the time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is. Uh, Why? I don't know. I can Google it while you, I read. You got this. that nugget, and you you didn't learn why. Someone someone Is would it because sign of the, the crowning of the Rose Queen or whatever. Probably someone like used to uh, write into our podcast, God. like Joe from Crown City or something, and I'm like, "Where's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Pasadena." Google that and find out why we're doing this. Great I'm work, googling fellas. it right now. Thank My you. God, how do you I, just look this stuff up, man? Great work, fellas. Alex is praising us. He's not insulting you, which I do like the insult Dave trend we got going. It's uh, good. I had absolutely zero faith in you guys when you said you would be going, uh, doing weekly casts. Thanks for proving me wrong. I can't stref- stress enough how much I enjoy the back and forth, the twists and turns, and just the overall lack of substance you guys bring. Lack of <laughs> That wasn't that's, very nice. that's 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 brutal. I like it. I do like it though. It's awesome. Now, see, now this is working into real insults, which is good. Yes, like actual, like truth, honest. Well, I mean, you're, the putts one about you is obviously real, but right. I would say no. That's and this is a perfect show. This is a perfect example of that where we're going to rant on soccer and hyphenated names and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, okay, now the serious stuff. Uh, so here's a suggestion: if you want to really be known as the Pac-12 podcast, which I'm not sure you do. How about we get Pac-12 headlines? You don't have to give a rundown of what's going on in each school, but I'm sure there's enough going on that you can help fill the time. You can play your sound effect when you want to focus on something. Anyway, just a thought. Uh, I'm not sure Dave really wants to do the work. <laughs> See, these are good because it's a little cutting. It's a little cutting, and they're kind of backhanded. Yeah. These are good insults. I, I Everybody, would... you got to look more at this 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 email here. This is this is what you want to aim for. The backhanded, but I think Alex. To be fair, we do try to like hit some of the main topics. A lot yeah, no, of them. The, the, the real issue, Alex, is that no, there isn't anything going on. There's nothing going on that'll help fill the time, unless you want this to turn into like a pure recruiting podcast, which I, I think I would quit. I think I would quit this podcast. That would be tough. Your recruiting show especially the way the recruiting is now it's like offers me nothing and all that kind of stuff but yeah, yeah, yeah. but we try to bring up like, like john wilner like we mentioned does a great job of of a lot of these topics um you know so we'll we'll talk about stuff that he would write about or uh bring up in some of his emails we try to bring those things up so we try to do that but you know we could certainly do a little bit more uh we probably won't but we could uh, also, I have a question. What's better for you guys, covering a game from a press box or watching from home on TV? TV, no question. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to work when you're the press. Like, if I'm at home, yep. you're not necessarily working. Maybe you are. Maybe you're tweeting. Well, and, and stuff they don't know, um, when you're in the press box, uh, sometimes you're not seeing, like, the last five minutes or, like, middle five minutes in the middle of the fourth quarter because you're walking down to the field. Yes. Like that's a thing you have to do. Um, there's like real drawbacks to being the press box. Um, the only real benefit from a game watching perspective is you get to see the defensive backs more because um, they're often off screen and you get to see the whole field a little bit better. So from a, from a writing standpoint, um, like immediately after like writing an analysis of the game, it's a little bit easier if you're there, but the TV comfort and, uh, just getting highlights of things. And also um, injury news does not get communicated to the working press with anywhere near the speed it gets communicated to the TV crew. Yes. So you'll often find yourself in the press box um, texting people at home saying, hey, what happened to him? <laughs> They're not telling us up here. Um, so all of that stuff um, plays into it being better at TV, even if you are, in fact, writing about the game. 
Yeah. So if you follow whatever team you follow and you're, you know, you're a Washington fan, you're following, it was Adam Jude. I think he's one of their, their great beat writers. And he's tweeting something like, according to the, uh, you know, the, the, the TV broadcast or according to the radio broadcast, blah, 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 blah. It's because we don't know that in the press box. And then someone will tweet us like, hey, on the, on the radio, the sideline reporter said that this guy went to the locker room or is injured or whatever. Um, you will get it through that way a lot of times. So you're, you're not, it's not like you get everything when you're there in the press box. No, I would I would say you actually get I mean, you're kind of insulated from some of the information that gets conveyed to the TV crew, because most of the time the sound isn't on the TVs in the press box either. Right. So you're not actually listening to the TV broadcast either. So you're basically dependent on whatever people are working at the SID office telling you uh, what's happening. Um, some of them are walled off too, where you have like where you're, it's like you're sound like you're you're watching it from another building or something. It's really the kind way of the Rose Bowl is now, where the press box is completely sealed. Um, it's basically like watching it on a TV. Like you don't hear the crowd noise, you don't get any kind of cues from crowd noise, like what's going on. Um, it's just you know, I I don't like it. Um, I prefer the press box to sitting in the stands because I'm a creature of comfort, I'm not sitting in stands with like heat and stuff. That sounds terrible especially after I've been a soft journalist for so long. Um, <laughs> but if I have to pick, uh, it's definitely at home. Home yeah. on the couch. For, for USC this year, they're doing their the Coliseum renovation. There's going to be like uh, eight, uh, basically like trailers, like temporary trailers. Somewhere, you know, where the press box for the Coliseum was usually really high up. Um, I think up in like above row like 92 or something. It's going to be down... Around, I believe, row 45 or 50, like two uh, temporary trailers piled on top of each other and then like four across. So that's where the coaches will have to, all the assistant coaches are usually way up high. They'll have to be there. Uh, the you know, the press will be there for the USC games and the Rams games. It's going to be a really different perspective uh, on the game. So I'm kind of curious how that is going to work. But there's always little challenges and stuff to kind of to being there uh, and people same thing with the sideline people are like oh i'd love to be on the sideline it's really hard to watch a game from the sideline you get blocked by so much stuff you can't tell if it's a four yard run or it's a two-yard loss it's it's kind of weird yeah uh he said and he said thanks for all the the odd things you guys talk about and keep up the good not great work alex and Professor. Yeah, that was great that was well done alex he's a lot of little shots at us and that was good i liked it it, it belied a little bit of like anger you know Behind those eyes, it was good. I liked it. This is from Bernie. You ready? Yes. This is our last, this is our last question, Thanks. and I'm fading rapidly. So Thank here you. we go. Question for podcast. Question for Dave. Will UCLA sign a five-star in 2019? Wow. That's a pretty simple question. No. Question for Ryan. Do you feel the Trojans gained an additional advantage in recruiting with Kelly's putting off contacting recruits until after spring practice was over? No, not at all. I don't think, yeah, like I told you before, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's going to, UCLA's class is going to be fine. I think it's going to depend a lot on what you see on the field. I don't think there's going to be, USC's not picking up a whole bunch of guys because Chip Kelly wasn't, you know, only offered 38 dudes by spring football. I, I don't think it's really going to have that much of an impact. Yeah. I, I think that's probably right. Um, we'll see. Um, the The five-star answer is more just, I think the local five stars are just not necessarily UCLA guys. Like it's, I think it's Kayvon Thibodeau, which I don't 
I just don't see that happening. Brew McCoy, who sounds like he's more or less a USC lock. Um, and then, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Henry Toho Toho. How do you pronounce that? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Maybe him. I don't know. I don't, I don't think any, any of these guys are necessarily UCLA leans right now. So, but uh, I think that could change like a typical. Sure could. Like yeah. Just McC- at this point, I'll, I'll say no. And then I can always reserve the right to change later on because I, you know, don't have any hard and fast opinions. I just don't think this is going to be the year that soccer. UCLA makes a run, but you know, who knows? Like that could happen, but I think it's probably going to be kind of building that foundation, getting people buying in. And then, you know, the next class will be, will be better. You know, people see improvement. People see, Hey, this is where this team is going and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I know people get worried about that. I, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I think it's really important for this team to show that it's not necessarily going to win more games than it loses, but in my opinion, but I think you show some pretty cool stuff and realize like, okay, this is how it's going to be once, Chip Kelly gets a bunch of his guys in there. I think you show that, and then the sky's the limit. Yeah, sure. That sounds right. That's just my take. I don't know. I like your takes. They're good. Uh, What do we do? We did an hour and a half. That's pretty good. And we're right about when I uh, wanted to wrap this up. You so did want to wrap great. it up, yeah. We timed it up perfectly. Nice. Well, I'm curious to see what the feedback is on this show. If they're like, what the hell were you guys talking about? You guys were all over the place or what? I think people are going to enjoy this one. You think so? Yeah, I feel better about this one than I did the last two. I think it went kind of smoothly, even though it wasn't, um, I mean, we might have been all over the place, but it wasn't like choppy or. No, no. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was, thought it was fairly smooth. And I don't and think. And now I, people, I people are going to be like, actually, I've stopped listening to the show because that was terrible. <laughs> but no, I felt better about this one than the last two. The last all two right. were not good. Yeah. I mean, but we still get positive feedback. We do appreciate it. I um, know. I, I don't think the taste level is high among our listenership. No offense, <laughs> listeners. They're listening to us. <laughs> I, that still bothers me that John Wilner likes us and thinks we're great. Like what? I know. What? There, that just shows you there's just there's this lack of reporting for missing. the Pac-12 yeah. out there. Yep. Like, literally, you know, your random, you know. Washington State fan at home, you could probably start a Pac-12 podcast and instantly be better than us. But no one's doing it, so, you know, I guess we'll just keep rolling. Look, it's our cross to bear, right? <laughs> and someday we'll get on the uh, Sirius XM channel with the Pac-12. Who knows? Maybe they'll like us again. I don't, I don't know if the Pac-12 likes us anymore. We'll see. Hey, at some point, they're going to have to start, you know, firing talent and hiring new people. And I think we're those bargain basement people they'll be looking for yeah soon enough we got to get mike lamb on i think he started following us on twitter so that was good did he really i believe so um or it might have been me and, i think and by it, us we do mean the pac-12 podcast twitter that you handle to about a 99 percent clip that or it might have been me personally but i think it was the pac-12 one i think there was i don't know but we would love to get some more of the pac-12 people on well, we've, we've had, like, Jill Savage on. We'll get some more people on. It'll be How fun. many Pac-12 people, like, from the actual organization listen to this show, do you think? I would – dude, if you work there, like, what what else are you going to listen to? Like, this is this is it as far as – but, wanna... but, like, we literally, like, in the sound effects at the very beginning, it's an insult about the Pac-12 networks. It's not an – so, okay, you can't say that because I, I, I had people email me from the Pac-12 about that. I was like, oh, it's just, like, long uh, – Sorry. 
it's perceived as an insult by some, <laughs> obviously incorrectly. It's a lo- it's a joke about the whole thing. But, you know, yeah. Uh I would think they do. I don't know. Uh you know, you you do the broadcast, we do the Peristyle podcast. It's amazing to hear the number of people you reach even though you write for a site or whatever, like that reaches a certain amount of people, but the podcast, it's a, it opens up a whole nother dimension. There's a lot of people that listen to like the broadcast. I'm assuming that don't go on bro much. And same thing with the Peristyle podcast. They're not on uscfootball.com very much, but they, they're podcast people. So you reach like a different kind of group. And I, I would think if you're in the PAC 12 and you like to listen to, you work for the PAC 12 and you listen to sports podcasts, that this would probably be in that rotation. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is? So nobody in my family actually like knows like what I do. Like they don't really understand the context of like sports journalism or what I've like been doing the last like six years of my life. Um, and so I've been doing these podcasts, right? We got like what during the season last year we were getting like ten thousand downloads of this thing. Yeah, I mean it's pretty good. Right? Pretty good. Um, I do like a little radio hit, like just like a minute or something in February, and my brother hits me up. He's like. Wow, you were on the radio? I'm like, <laughs> there was a signing day two years ago when we were on the Beast for like eight hours. Oh, one we were day. both in there. That was awful. Just, <laughs> come on. Yeah. yeah, we did that together, right? We, we went to the Beast 980 and like, did we do that together? We did that together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just, you weren't yeah. like, I, I'm like, I think we did. I fell asleep. Sorry. Oh. Fine. While you were talking right then, but no, yeah, I agree. And I agree. they decided to do that and went out of business. So maybe that's right. <laughs> maybe there was a good reason why they shouldn't have done that. I do get that too, where you're like, "Oh, I saw you on," and and they always get the name wrong. Like if they say you're, "Oh, you were on like Petros and Money," like no, I was on Mason and Island or whatever. It is. You know, like you're on like some different show. Well, I used to do more NFL network hits. Like they would say, oh, I saw you on ESPN. I'm like, no, I wasn't on that. I was on You NFL ever get network. this one? So I, I, you know, I covered UCLA, right? I was at practice every single day, right? My dad would call me and he would tell me things that he read in the LA Times <laughs> that were literally just practice <laughs> reports from the practice I attended and covered and did the exact same stuff from. And he would be like, hey, did you see that uh, Jim Morris said this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I actually asked him that question. Uh, <laughs> thank you for knowing what I do. This is good. That's awesome. It's so yeah. good. My dad will so call good. me with that kind of crap too. So it's pretty funny. Like, did you hear that? Like, Steve Sarkeesian got fired. Like, yeah, yeah, Dad, I, I heard about that. that that's, yeah, that's what I, I heard. That, yeah, what I do. I, I, I do that for for a living. <laughs> what have been doing these past twenty years, Dad? Yeah. Thanks, pops. All right. Well, I guess we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, we're now in the complete nonsense and stupidity portion of the show. Which started from the very beginning, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and here we are. And everyone else out there. Here we are an hour and 35 minutes later. All right, that is David Woods. Does an amazing job at Bro. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on Twitter. He'll be a little snarky to you. That's fun. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We together are the podcast of champions. And we will talk to you next time.